one hospital birth, one home birth, one woman. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. On this week's episode, I welcome Elizabeth. Elizabeth takes us on her journey from a hospital birth, not informed on most things like a lot of women, to taking her power back, doing the work, and birthing at home. A homesteader in Hawaii, Elizabeth shares her unique story and recommends some helpful books. Oh, hi, Mercy. (laughs) You know Mercy's always in the middle of it. And recommends some helpful books for the mama to be. I'm honestly like blown away because she has goals being a homesteader in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, but I know I want to be a homesteader in Hawaii. (laughs) But first, I have some exciting news. I now have my very own website, you guys. Like, this is so major. I've been wanting one, and since Etsy decided to kick me off for literally no reason, I got no notification. I got nothing. I just discovered that my store was given the boot. (laughs) So, whatever. It really was a blessing in disguise. It pushed me to finally pull the trigger and create my own website. I've been wanting to do this, and I just was hesitant. So, thank you, Etsy. (laughs) You'll find all kinds of info. Info on me, how I can support you, how you can apply to be a guest on the podcast, and, of course, that's where all the merch is. I'm so pumped. I think Mercy's excited, too. (laughs) <laughs> so check out the com and let me know what you think. Now hang with me while we chat it up. This is the Pure Doula Podcast. Let's get into it. Um, Cool. So Elizabeth, I'm so glad that we kind of found each other because your story sounds very unique and <laughs> I'm excited to hear all about it. So why don't you just kind of give like a little intro to the listeners of, you know, who you are and what you do, where you're from, and then what you're going to share today. All righty. So my name is Elizabeth Cunningham, and we are actually living in Hawaii right now. Um, We moved here about six months ago to come help out a church. And we are homesteading and trying to be as self-sufficient as possible. It's a lot easier here than it used to be in our suburban home. And so we're just taking advantage of that and having so much fun with all of that. I've actually been geeking out all day yesterday and today because we're trying to find a milk cow. And that is so exciting. So <laughs> I mean, last night. The dream, honestly. <laughs> Last night I picked up twenty four ducklings. Like how wow. fun! So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. I love it. Goals, ultimate goals, right there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have two children, um, and the birth story I'm going to be telling is the story of my second born. I had a home birth with her. I had a just like your typical normal. Um, everybody's same story kind of a birth with my first at a hospital with an girl um I was young I was 21 and I just did I didn't really know anything about birth and it was terrifying and I just basically said like I want to have a midwife I specifically didn't want a doctor because I have like a childhood fear of like doctors and needles and stuff like that so I didn't want a, 
I didn't want to know B. I wanted life, but I wanted to go to the hospital because I wanted an epidural, and that's all I knew about birth, and that's all I wanted to know about birth. So I basically was like, okay, I'm going to come to the hospital, and you take care of it. And that's just the <laughs> mindset that I had for my first. Um, and I, I mean, it was, I left that experience happy with it. So that's good. Most of the time, going to a home birth after experiencing trauma of some kind or something like that. Right. And I did not have that experience. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, but when I got pregnant with my second, uh, two years later, I was starting to like dive into the whole crunchy world. And we had just been through 2020 and I, I wanted more. Um, my, a couple of my friends had had natural births at a hospital I was like oh. at first I was like why on earth would you do that <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I started to learn a little bit more and I was like okay maybe maybe there's something to this and so originally yeah. I planned on having yeah. a natural birth at the hospital because my specific midwife who I stumbled ah. on accidentally I just got a midwife because I wanted you know less and less blood draws and all this different stuff. So I actually ended up accidentally with a wonderful hospital midwife for my first go around. So I went back to her and I told her like, hey, I think this time I want to try for a natural birth. And she was super into, um, you know, not having an epidural. And so she was very excited about that. But then as I continued learning more and more and more, I just was getting this unease because I kept learning about the cascade of interventions and all this different stuff and how the only safe way to go is to birth a home and all this different stuff. And I was like starting to get like really uneasy about it. And I kept telling my husband and at first he was like, no, because his mom had a home birth with him and almost died. She had a super heavy hemorrhage. And oh. so the whole family is like scarred at the thought of home birth. And then she, I don't know if she has like, I don't know. She's got something going on because she said every, she had six children. My husband was number three. Every child after my husband, she had a super heavy hemorrhage as well. Oh, wow. So she never tried for a home birth again. So I don't know if she had some kind of a, like an irritable uterus. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know why. But um, anyway, I unlearned all of the stuff and got convinced that home birth was going to be the safest option. And then I was able to successfully unlearn for him all of that stuff to where he, like, he preaches to everybody about home birth now. Um, nice. And so it's just, it was wonderful. But we both were very confident. We were both very secure in our choice to go to a home birth. So at thir uh, 24 weeks, I switched from a hospital birth to finding a um, birth center midwife who would do home births as well. Um, and that was as soon as I made that choice. Oh my goodness. I had so much peace. I was like, yes, yes. Okay. This is the right choice because I was so uneasy my whole pregnancy. And then as soon as I made that choice, just immediately like, Oh, I was at peace. So I knew it was Which right. Which is important too. Yes. for When you're pregnant and for birth, you know, you don't want to exactly. have any like, weight on your shoulders and stress and like worry and stuff so i'm sure that definitely helped you a lot absolutely so much so continued on with my pregnancy i ended up at 35 weeks i got a hypnobirthing course 
um, I had accidentally just, you know, Facebook, I, the way I new things is I'll join a bunch of Facebook groups on it. And then I love it because like all these questions that I didn't even know were a question people will be asking them. And so I can just like read through the comments of different posts and people would be talking about stuff. So anyway, I had accidentally joined a group on home birth that was actually a hypnobirthing group. And so accidentally ended up learning about this and everybody would post their birth stories and their birth videos. And that's like my hugest tip. If you're going for a, a home birth or a natural birth, even is to watch all the videos you can find. They're well, so these powerful. women, it's so powerful. And in yeah. these women in this group about hypnobirthing, they were having these beautiful births. They were so calm. They were so present. And I was like, Aww. oh my goodness, whatever they have going on, I need to do this. So I'm a procrastinator. So I waited until 35 weeks. <laughs> I have 35 <laughs> the weeks. same way. <laughs> I got this course and I started going through it. And it was amazing. And most of the stuff she, and she talked about all of the, you know, all the natural birth stuff and whatever I knew, like all of that, but the hypnobirthing um, stuff, it was, it was all just, it was so amazing. It was so wonderful. And it was all a good refresher because I'd read all the books and I knew all the stuff at this point, but it was a good refresher for me to be doing during that last month where I felt like I could barely move. And I was like laying in bed the whole time. <laughs> That's so. the best time to like really... Yes. Drive with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all fresh <laughs> in your mind and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it was perfect. So, um, yeah, as we got a little bit closer, um, I just kept my mind clear, kept doing all the things. Um, and I'm trying to trying to make sure before I get into the actual like labor and story that I'm not forgetting any details that I wanted to say ahead <laughs> of time. Um, I, I think we're good. I'll jump back to it at some point if we need to. Yeah, yeah. But... Of course. <laughs> Backtrack. Yeah. So, um, so for my son, my firstborn, I had him at 40 weeks and 40 days. I had 24 hours of early labor and then active labor was 16 hours, which wow. I guess is pretty common for mm -hmm. a first time mom. But looking back, knowing what I know now, I can see when my labor stalled at least twice. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it stalled once when we got to the hospital. They had me in triage for three hours, which was like the three most miserable hours of my life because they couldn't decide if I was in active labor or not. And they wouldn't admit oh. me until I was like, I think four centimeters dilator stuff. I got checked. Like I was going to not allow them to check me at all because I just didn't like the sound of that. But they... I got checked probably 30 times because <gasps> 30 like, so things. many times because they couldn't decide if I was in labor or not oh, after 24 hours of early labor. They kept trying to, it was like one in the morning. They kept trying to decide to send me back because I was just like stalled. Cause I have this deep rooted fear and hatred of hospitals. And so as soon as we got there, I was just like, Bleh. and of course. Um, so yeah. Um, finally, after like, four hours they finally admitted me they finally gave me a room because they were like okay she's she's progressing very 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 slowly so once i got a room i started progressing a little bit more a little bit more went on for you know probably two or three more hours and then i finally was like i've had enough i've been in labor for so long i just want to rest i just want to sleep so i got my epidural which i had been planning on having the whole time um and then my labor stalled again 
Mm. Um, I was at a nine and a half for three hours. Oh my god. I was like feeling that pressure of like I need to push, but they were like, you still have a little bit of a lip. Like if you push, you might make your cervix swell or so I don't remember what they said, but like they might make your cervix swell and then you're gonna really have some issues or whatever. So you can't push. So three hours of that, three most miserable hours of my life. Um just laying there trying to sleep until finally they're like, it's gone, you can push. And then I pushed for three more hours. So mm. yeah. <laughs> so that's how my tough... first birth went. <laughs> and it's hard because like if they just would support you, I know, like, and support labor how it needs to be supported, like you would have been, you would have had a much easier time. So many Absolutely. women would have had different experiences, you know, and yes. it just hurts to hear. Like I know, <sighs> but it's crazy to me because after that experience, I still, I still came out of it thinking it was a very positive experience. So I don't Which know if that good, has a lot to say honestly. about my mental, like the way I look at things. Yeah. Or how brainwashed oh. I was. I'm not really sure. But mm. the nurses were so sweet. They were into spinning babies. And so they had me spinning and doing all the spinning things as much as you know I could while I had an epidural in my back. Um, <laughs> my midwife, who didn't come until it was time for me to start pushing, because by then it was the middle of the day and she was doing appointments with other gals on the other side of the hospital and stuff like that. Um, she was amazing. She was wonderful. Like when I started pushing finally, like it didn't feel like three hours because it was so fun because we were all talking and laughing in between contractions and I couldn't feel anything at that point. So I had so much of the epidural in me by then. I had it for like 12 hours. Um, Probably was a little bit high, but (laughs) anyway, so come to my second baby being born, um, I went into labor the exact same day. It was 40 weeks and four days, which I thought was so funny. I was like, I, I'm going to give birth any day, but that day, like I can't possibly, I've never heard of anybody giving birth on the same day. So yeah, next when really I have cool. my third baby, I'm going to like basically count that as my due day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They got a lot. I already know what that. day I'm going to go into labor. <laughs> I'm very excited to have my third because I'm so excited to see if it's going to be the same day. <laughs> Probably Aww. not, but that'd be so funny. But, it would. Um, You'll have to come back and let me know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had, so actually, so my son and I, who was three years old at the time, they're exactly three years apart. Um, he and I both got whooping cough when I was 38 weeks pregnant. Oh. And I was so terrified going into my first home birth, my first natural birth of having it when I had this horrible, horrible, horrible <laughs> cough, because you can't. I don't know if you've ever had whooping cough, but um, we can't breathe deeply. Uh. And so, like, I had some prodromal labor on some of my very worst days, and it was so bad because I couldn't couldn't do my hypnobirthing. I couldn't do my deep breathing and, like, my focusing because I would get a coughing fit every time I tried to go into that deep part. Oh, it was, I was so terrified. I was like, I'm going to have to go to the hospital and get an epidural if I go into labor right now because... I physically cannot do it. So I was so terrified. But thankfully, like, afterwards, I have so much faith in my body now because my body knew I couldn't go into labor right now because it wasn't safe because I couldn't mm. I couldn't do what I needed to do. So I think that's why I held on to my baby for so long, which granted, I, you know, with my first, I went that same length. But held on to my baby until I was totally fine, better. Um, after whooping cough, you have a residual cough for 
you know, six months or something like that. So I had like a little bit of a cough, but it was not enough that I didn't, I like, I don't have any memories of coughing during labor. <laughs> so it was wow, totally better. Right after my son was better. I wasn't worried about the baby catching it at that point. Cause I think it's like three yeah. weeks or something that you're, um, you have to like stay home and quarantine or, you know, whatever. So I wasn't worried about the baby catching it at that point. So my body knew when it was okay to have the baby. So I thought that was fascinating. It's so fascinating. Like that gave yes. me chills because like, I mean, we really are brilliantly designed and created that yes. our bodies know. And it goes to show even with your hospital birth, like how your body mm-hmm. knows what to do and what not to do. Exactly. I know I have so much more faith in my body now after learning all these things and having these experiences. It's just, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. So I went into labor on, it was a Friday morning at like six, I believe is when I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm having some contractions. This feels the same as the prodromal later. I'd have a couple, couple weeks before whatever that kept stopping and then starting and stuff like that. But this time I felt like I was ready. It was actually interesting because there's this one specific thing I really wanted to do before I had the baby, but I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And I was like, I really want to do that before I have this baby. And I had finished it the night before. If you don't mind me asking. Um, It was a YouTube video. We had gone on our baby moon a month before, and I really wanted to finish editing that YouTube video and put it up um, before we had the baby. And I started wanting to post all the, you know, we had a baby videos. Um, Do you want to share? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wanted, I wanted that to be done. I wanted that checked off my list and I finished it the evening before. And so part of me thinks that my brain went, okay, we're done. Now we can have a baby or something. (laughs) I think that's so fascinating too. Yeah. Um, So I went, I woke up at six with contractions and told my husband like, Ooh, you should probably stay home from work because these feel, these feel pretty, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I immediately, they, my midwives had given me an app that I was supposed to use to track and everything. So for a good three or four hours, I tracked my contractions. They were a good, like seven, eight minutes apart. So they were pretty far apart. Um, after like, I think four hours, I finally called the midwife and I was like, Hey, just to let you know, I'm in labor. Um, I'm positive it's labor at this point. And just, you know, don't bother coming out yet or anything because it's still very early, but you know, it's, right. it's happening. I still, I loved my midwives, but I didn't want anyone there. I wanted to just labor by myself. I don't like, like a lot of people say like they want to be surrounded with women during their labor and stuff like that. And that's beautiful. And maybe in a future pregnancy, I'll feel that way, but I'm very much an introvert. And so I really just wanted it to be my husband and I. And so I wanted my midwives to come later on when it was like, it was really go time. I was getting into um, transition and all of that stuff to be able to have that support then. But I felt like sure. earlier on, I, I could do it by myself and any kind of annoying and I'd feel watched. So, yeah. which they knew ahead of time, we had talked about all this stuff and they kind of recommended the same thing anyway. So she said, okay, when you really feel like the contractions are picking up and you're feeling like it's getting serious, call me back. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so at about say like it's probably 10 a.m by now so i'd been in labor for a good four hours i told my husband to fill up the birthing pool which they had left at my house when i was like 36 weeks pregnant or whatever so we could have it 
to fill up for you know this circumstance or whatever so he started filling up the pool and by then i had stopped doing laundry and dishes and stuff in between the contractions and i was just sitting um i found if i hunched over and was bent over and swaying that was how i preferred to labor that's how i could get in my brain enough that it was it was pain free at that point um when i was having a labor having a um a I would stop and the bed or the washing machine or wherever I was, I would bend over. So it was not like a full 90 degrees, but, you know, close to it. And I would just sway and I would just breathe. I would breathe really deep. But with each breath, when I would inhale, picture my cervix lifting up and around over the baby. And Mm. then when I would exhale i would picture baby settling deeper with each Mm. and every breath and i didn't realize it at the time but later i realized that i was actually breathing baby down with every single breath during these contractions amazing Um, yeah it was so amazing i tell everybody that specific visual which i didn't get that visual from the hypnobirthing class but she talked about different visualizations and different things like that and during all that pre-drumal labor i had done i had tried out lots of different things and i had found that i really liked that and so when i could i was actively breathing and swaying and picturing this picture with my brain not allowing like anything else in my brain like just very heavily focusing on this mental picture this place that i was going it was completely pain-free and occasionally, mm. like if, if a um, contraction started while I was talking to my son or my husband or something, and I was like trying to get out the last few words before, like the whole contraction would be like painful because I, I hadn't gotten settled into that place. So I eventually just stopped and just focused and, you know, didn't talk to anybody or anything in between because I wanted to be able to, as soon as the contraction started, I want to be able to just like close down and shut down and focus. So that's Absolutely. what I did. Yeah, that's what I did during my contractions. And at, I believe like 1030 or something, my parents came and picked up my son. And at that point, I really felt like I needed him gone because all the way upstairs where I was downstairs running around, his little footsteps were so like loud and annoying. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) So distracting. Quiet (laughs) and stuff like that. So at that point, at that point, my husband is like furiously trying to fill the um, birthing pool. We're like out of hot water. So he's like boiling hot water to put it in there with the cold water and stuff like that. And I'm like starting to internally like. Um, and then I think it was like maybe 11. Probably I went to the bathroom and I had, you know, been. Like, so that's one of the things that I had learned is to like pee very regularly so you're completely empty at all times um and each time i'd go to the bathroom i'd lose a little bit of mucus plug and so this time i lost like a huge chunk of mucus plug and it was had a lot of fresh blood in it and so i told my husband when i came out i was like okay it's go time i think i think we should probably think about calling midwife 30 minutes or so (laughs) and um he's like okay cool and then I, you know, settled back down onto, at this point, I was on my knees by the bed doing the bending over and swaying thing. Cause I, when the contraction would come, I wouldn't feel like I had the strength to focus on standing. I wanted to focus completely on my contractions and uh, visualizing this place that I was going. Um, so I was kneeling by the bed at this point and I had a really strong contraction, like noticeably stronger now that my mucus plug was gone. 
and during the contract or like right after the contraction i was just like started crying i was like my birthing pool's not ready and i was like are you okay and i'm like no i'm not my birthing pool's not ready and he's like i'm gonna call the midwife and i was like okay and like i didn't realize that at the time but looking back like i had my whole transition in one contraction that's why it was so intense and i was so emotional that one contraction was my transition and then my all up to this point, my contractions still like looking at my little calculator thingy that I had on the app, my contractions were still seven minutes apart before that point. My midwife mm. had told me like most women when they're in labor, um, they will have them call when they ha- have their contractions at three minutes apart. But if you're a second time mom, because it's very common for a second time mom to have this experience of this really long drawn out labor in their minds, when their contractions get to five minutes, that's when they have them call. So I was mm. waiting for my contractions to get to that five minute point because oftentimes second time birthing moms have this very slow labor in their mind. They have this fast labor and the midwives miss it. Most of the time it's the second time mom. So I was waiting for this five minute mark. Anyway, that five minute mark never happened because <laughs> my second contraction, it gave me maybe 30 seconds in between. And it came right back on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm having another contraction. And my water broke. And at this point, like, I couldn't visualize. I couldn't anything. I was just like, ah, during the contraction. <laughs> yeah, that's then, definitely transition, right? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so my water broke. And then another, like, I don't even know if I had a pause between. Like, it started, like, going off. But then it, I didn't even get a break in between. It just, like, it wasn't even fully relaxed. And then I got another contraction. And the baby was wow it was that fast it was that fast i had three contractions in like maybe three minutes and the baby was here and i like (laughs) barely even pushed like i when during that third contraction i kind of went okay i think i i can feel her crowning like i can she's right there and so i remember like kind of telling my husband like i can feel the baby i can feel the baby take my pants off because i was still fully clothed at this point and um so he's like grabbing towels and stuff because my water just broke it and then he's like trying to help me like get ready because I'm like I think the baby's coming or whatever and then the baby was here and so during uh, once my after that first contraction I forgot to mention he called the midwife he was like I think we I think um I think you need to get here like right now and then all of a sudden I think that's when I started yelling like you need to take my pants off I can feel the baby's coming and so he's like okay thanks bye and just like hung up on the midwife which we think is hilarious <laughs> I hung up on her <laughs> like um, gotta go <laughs> yeah yeah and then um we had the baby and he called her back I really hadn't even had a chance to leave the driveway at that point she was still sitting in the driveway with the car on <laughs> like she's that like is so oh. funny just answered the phone he's like so we had a baby and the baby's like <laughs> in the background oh <laughs> so. i can't believe how fast it went wow i know incredible i know it was crazy like yeah i just went from being like okay i'm probably at maybe a six is what i was because i was like kind of trying to keep track in my mind like oh where what do you think where am i or whatever so i was like i'm like six oh. went to the bathroom lost my mucus plug came back three minutes later i had a baby so it happened so fast um so then it took 20 minutes for the midwives to get there afterwards. I just kind of laid on the floor with the baby. And once they got to that point, I was like, okay, I know what to do. But now with the placenta, my brain was like so dead. that I was like, I don't really know 
like what to do. Like, I mean, if I had to, like, I know what to do. Right. Um, but I just don't want to think about it anymore. So I no, just not at that time. relaxed and patted the baby, make sure she was breathing well and all that stuff. I had the presence of mind when my husband semi caught, semi dropped the baby because she flew out so fast. Um, Oh, that he he tried to hand her to me and I said, no, no, go between the legs. So the cord wasn't like all wrapped around my leg and stuff. So like, mm. I had the presence of mind for that. But then I just kind of like laid down. Oh, and yeah. when they got there, they helped me up into the bed and took care of the placenta and emptied the birthing pool. I never <laughs> used and all that stuff. <laughs> so maybe I'll have a water birth for the next one. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that's so, it's so incredible just like comparing and contrasting your two experiences. Exactly. Yes. I just. And your support and the difference uh that it makes. Yes. And learning about all of this stuff is like, it's key. I, after Mm -hmm. after the fact, I actually thought about becoming a doula because I felt like I know all this stuff. I would just like be able to take the test or even have to do the classes or anything. I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was so fun. It was so cool. So. And it's amazing. Like we love an hands-on supportive husband. Like how yes. great was he? Like he's yes. just going with it. Like, okay, baby, you need this? Okay. All right. Here, here's yep. the cow. Oh wait, let's take yeah. your pants off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that was just one of the things I was so thankful for because he kept his head in the moment too. He didn't panic, which we had talked about like, the first time we were both terrified of the thought of ever like giving birth alone or whatever. But this time, like I made sure that we were prepared for all situations and I actually had this moment when I was like probably five or six months pregnant. My sister-in-law was pregnant as well. In the middle of the night, I went to their house to watch their kids while she went to the hospital to have their baby. And I remember driving there and being like, honestly, if she like went to labor and had this baby at the house, I could, I could do it for her. Like I could, I could deliver the baby for her because I'm that confident. Like that's the kind of confidence I had. And I feel like someone who's having a baby to have that kind of confidence, whether it's, whether it's the mama or, or the dad, like they both need to have that kind of confidence in because it's not a medical emergency. It's not something that you need to, you know, go to a hospital and have them take care of it because I don't even want to know. Like, you need to learn it yourself and then you know and it needs to become normal for us to think of birth as normal <laughs> again <laughs> for real like 1000% 1000% and you should totally pursue the doula thing because <laughs> you just have it you know like yeah it's there and like you said you're confident and just be so confident like you especially with your experience could really help another woman like go from terrified to like I can do this by myself too (laughs) like yeah you know and Mm -hmm. the Facebook groups I wanted to talk about that I love Facebook groups and I feel like Mm -hmm. there's like a hidden gem you know when you find these awesome groups that you can get in and like like you said just even you don't even have to participate just like be a fly on the wall and you can learn so much yes I so many random things I just I'm like I want to get you know a random breed of cow and I joined a Facebook group on random breeds of cows (laughs) you just go find Facebook groups on it and you can learn so much because yeah like you said a fly on the wall people are asking these questions and I'm 
that has never occurred to me. But yep. because I saw this random thing, I have this information. And if that ever comes up, I know what to do. You have so much random knowledge that, I mean, like, I guess you could get a book on the subject and that would teach you like all the random knowledge or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like Facebook groups are a little bit easier because you don't have to actually sit down and read a book. It's just like thrown in your face when you're scrolling Facebook. So. <laughs> exactly. And why not yeah. like scroll like intentionally where you're like, learning value exactly yeah cool yes. and i i kind of learned a lot the same way you know just like different facebook groups uh-huh. reading some books or you know instagram pages like there's so yes. much information out there and we're in that age where like you don't need to like you necessarily read a book or take a class or pay all this money to go to school like mm-hmm. everything's right there yes and you're so able to easy just- to find information these days take a for sure, especially now, like all the information about pregnancy and birth, and yes, your story I know will definitely help a lot of women because it, it's just a great example of your mind, how powerful it is, your location, like your setting, you know, what preferences mm-hmm. work for you, not being like surrounded thrive being around a bunch of people like I relate to you in the sense where like I didn't even want to be touched you know like yes. let me just do this by myself let me go in the bathroom alone <laughs> yes yes and for sure like- actually so we were still we weren't in Hawaii yet when I had my daughter um so when I have my next baby which we're hoping to get pregnant here in the next couple of months um I I won't be able to use the same midwives And there's not nearly as many like midwives and stuff like that around here. So I'm actually toying with the idea of doing a wild birth and unassisted uh, pregnancy or wild, wild pregnancy, unassisted birth. Um, Because I've done it before. (laughs) Exactly. You're fully capable of it. And I support that idea. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if we'll do that or not. My husband's not quite on board with that. Um, But even if I did get a midwife, I would probably basically find a traditional birth keeper or something like that instead of a traditional midwife definitely an unlisted and someone who basically could just be present uh, present for the birth because I don't think the at this point I know enough about my body and stuff like that that I don't want to do the you know weekly monthly checkups and all that kind of stuff like I don't need any of that I'll take care of all of that on my own yeah how to do all of that stuff a blood draw because I am um O negative and did not take the rogam and stuff like that. So yeah. I'll probably get a blood draw just to verify whether I'm sensitized or not. Because if I am sensitized, then maybe I would go through a little bit more testing and just make sure everything's fine. But um, yeah, a blood draw. And then I would just have the midwife, I'd meet her a couple of times to chat and then just have her present for the birth, hanging out in a different room to take care of afterwards. Cause I imagine I can picture like if I have, you know, another baby, um, unassisted again afterwards, just kind of, it was really nice to not have to worry about the placenta and not worry about cleaning up and all that kind of stuff. Like it was very nice having someone present for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Being that like, okay, you take care of all of that. Yeah. Stuff, so. Maybe I would have somebody present for that, but yeah, for sure in a different room. Like I don't want, someone there catching my baby for me like leave me alone no, you did it you can do it a million times again you know yeah. I love it yeah and you're in Hawaii like 
I would try to run to the beach and like jump in the ocean and like give birth or something like that one woman. I, know, I don't know I if saw, you saw that viral. I've you saw that, that too. <laughs> I really like the. I like. I like it being dark and quiet though. I think it would be. Too, it'd feel too chaotic being because I pictured that. I've wondered if that was something I would enjoy, but I think it would be too chaotic, too bright. That's true. Yeah, feel like I was being watched <laughs> or whatever. I like being yeah. able to close up into a dark room. So. <laughs> yeah, people might come out and be like, what the heck is this? I know, I know exactly. <laughs> you just ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said your own negative. It's so funny. I am too. And that was like a big deal during my pregnancy. Um, yes. Well, I went like unassisted. I would say like 90% of the pregnancy. And I found okay, cool. a Facebook group. I don't know if you know of it or not. But um, Rogan Rebellion. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's. Yes. That was one of the things. So with my first birth, um, I had, I like, it wasn't like crunchy yet. I didn't know anything about holistic health yet or whatever. But like I said, I had this deep hatred of hospitals and stuff like that. So I was very anti-vax, even though I didn't know. Am I allowed to say that on here? Because <laughs> um, I didn't oh, know. Of course, girl. Any, yes. I didn't know why. <laughs> but that's just kind of the way I grew up. Like, all that was unnecessary. We didn't do any of that kind of stuff or whatever so when they asked me about the tdap and all the different things i was like no but then my wife was like okay well you need this one and her brief explanation of your own negative if you don't get this you're never gonna be able to have a baby again i was like oh uh, okay or whatever so i took that one and then my son ended up also being o negative so i didn't have to get the second dose or whatever which i was very excited for but um so then having my second baby, I, so with my first son, I had then also, when he was born, been like, no, yeah, nothing, nothing. And they, you know, fought me on it in the hospital, but, you know, respected my wishes and Good. we didn't get any. But then at my second month appointment, I like picking out a pediatrician was so terrifying to me. So I just randomly picked whoever was available because I kept putting it off and all the ones I wanted were already taken or already booked. So I just had to pick a random pediatrician and I accidentally picked someone who was like very, very pro. And she just like considered herself an advocate. Scenes. And, oh my gosh. Um, and I didn't realize that at the time. And so when I told her I wasn't doing anything, she like freaked out and was like, okay, well, I will respect that. But you have to listen to my spiel about why I have decided that they're good and I'm the authority on it. So you need to at least listen to my spiel. And so I had to sit this through this whole spiel on it and her, you know, thing, and she ended up using me. And we didn't even know how to do research at that point. So we basically just Googled our vaccine safe or not. And came up with all of these studies by nurses and stuff like that. And so my husband and I were like, well, Google says it's okay. And I mean, we don't trust <laughs> Google, but we can't even find anything that's like right. on the other side of the thing. So maybe it is just weird Facebook moms who were trying to blame SIDS on vaccines and all this different stuff. And so we were like, okay. So we, he ended up being vaccinated up to six months when I finally found a video that actually had information and literally it was one video i never did any further um any further uh research until much later when it came to you know recently when i had my second and learned how to do research and join the facebook groups and all that different stuff um so when it came to my second daughter i knew i was after you know 2021 and 
everybody talking about vaccinations and all that different stuff. I knew I was super anti-vax. Um, and so then Rogan really bothered me because I was like, this is the one thing that like, it sounds like I really need it. And I didn't even know where to research. So finally in a Facebook group, I saw someone asking the same question and people were recommending the Rogan Rebellion group, which it's actually really hard to get in there now. Um, I yeah, try to recommend some people and they're like, I can't even get in there. Same. Like, I have to friend to me and then I have to add them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a book on it and stuff like that, that um, I think it's Anti-D by Sarah Wickham or something like that. There's a, there's a really good book on it that we reference. Nice. I never bothered reading the book because I was already convinced at that point. But yeah, so I didn't take it. She ended up being O positive, but. I mean, I, I think it's faith. fine. So yeah. I have faith. It's still a very small chance. And if I did end up getting sensitized, I'm still going to have kids right exactly it's not a big deal to me i'll I'll have to have a little extra testing and stuff like that but it's not as big of a deal as they made it out to be so yeah i agree with you there very good at this point being empowered like that to be able to trust myself to do the research and make those decisions and of course you know a couple days postpartum when i found out she was positive and stuff like that like i definitely had this internal panic Mm -hmm. and like they had explained to me like the first couple weeks postpartum god actually takes away that part of your like your hormonal everything changes to where you actually can't make decisions and Mm. stuff just as a point to try to keep you just calm and quiet with your baby and not up and doing stuff um and they had warned me of that ahead of time like don't try to do any like big decisions like don't try to like do anything along those lines just relax and just focus on your baby because you're going to find yourself getting really stressed out and freaking out over the smallest of things. So this was like this big thing. I finally mm. just had to say, you know what? I'm going to trust me from a couple months ago. I'm going to trust that decision that I had previously made research. I'm going to trust God that he's going to protect me either now, or he's going to protect me later. If I am sensitized and protect my baby, like I'm just going to have the faith. And I'm glad that I didn't, like, freak out and cave and get the vaccine. (laughs) I'm happy for you, too. And like you said, like, that time is very vulnerable. And and faith is very, very strong. Like, fear can be strong, yes. But faith triumphs that. And our faith and trust in God and our bodies is literally so powerful. All we need sometimes when it comes to making a choice with something like that. Mm -hmm. And... I agree. I feel like, like I said earlier, we were brilliantly designed, created, our bodies know what to do. I don't need, like, scientists over there thinking he's God, right? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Telling me I got to do this and got to do that. Like, um, I think I'm okay, but thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. I love it. But gosh, what a powerful story. And it's really (laughs) cool how like we do have a lot in common with little things here and there. Yeah. Just the overall message of your story is just great. And I really think it's going to help a lot of women. That's why I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You agree? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. She gets so excited and just has to be like in it all I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should like change it to like the mercy podcast or something because 
because of that. <laughs> if my little girl went here, she was, she would be saying hi too. She's, Daddy's got the kids. He's making them breakfast because I knew that Amazing. I would not be able to focus. If I had the kids in the room. <laughs> of course. Wait. So Hawaii. What time is it there now? Um, it's well. It's it was nine when we started the call, so it's probably close to ten now. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've never been and that place looks beautiful and I didn't know the time zone difference. So I'm glad that we figured <laughs> that out and <laughs> and was able to get on at the same time. And I really I had to you. Google it. I was like, what time is it going to be in Hawaii? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not the middle of the night. I would have thought yeah. <laughs> like, you were like, girl, we need a different time. <laughs> yeah. I figured nine o'clock. <laughs> well, I'm glad you and thank you so much for sharing. Is there yeah. anything you want to share to the listeners about um, how they can support you, or if you want to, I don't know, maybe give some advice or anything like that to them to find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram, uh, Elizabeth dot Cunningham, Elizabeth with an S dot Cunningham with one N. Um. And then we also have a little YouTube channel if you want to follow our Hawaii homestead kind of adventures. Lots of cooking, lots of sourdough baking, lots of wild, free-range, untamed kids. Um, And our YouTube channel is the Cunningham family. Cunningham again with one N. I'll definitely link all of that because that's really cool. I would love to check out your YouTube page. It's still very small and we haven't been here very long. And I've kind of, it's one of those things that I kind of had started a couple of years ago and just kind of did it more for fun. And now that we're here, I'm like, Hey, we have a really cool life. I should, I should share this. So it's still pretty small, but I think people would love to watch. (laughs) Absolutely. And look, we all start somewhere, right? Exactly. Keep sharing and get the word out there. I'll definitely link that. And one other question before we go, what is, one thing you would recommend to all pregnant women Ooh. could be anything. Yes. So like we've talked about today is do your research, look into everything, like all the random things that you don't even like. I, the first time I didn't even think to question the program, but question everything. Um, but then my main one that I would say is look into nutrition. Um, we didn't touch on that at all today, but there's a couple great books that I could recommend. Um, one of them is Real Food for Pregnancy, Nichols. That is an amazing book. She has so many studies. Like people actually give it to midwives and doulas and OBs and stuff like that as like a textbook for them to relearn everything because the method of you know what you're supposed to eat, what you're not supposed to eat, is very, very, very outdated and has been disproven at this point. So she goes into all that. It's very like scientific, but in like in a good way. <laughs> Cause I hear like something scientific and I'm like, Oh, I don't like it then. But like, in a good way. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, that's wonderful. I completely re like reading that book um, towards the end of my pregnancy. So I'm very excited to have another baby and actually follow this nutrition advice from the very beginning and see how different my pregnancy is and how much less symptoms I have and all of that kind of stuff that's a wonderful book for like learning all the baseline stuff. Another book that she, I'm not, I don't remember if she references it or not actually, but they teach basically the same thing is nourishing traditions for mother and child care or baby care. 
Everything. Love but, that book. <laughs> yes, that's another wonderful one. It has recipes in there. It has all kinds of different stuff, and it goes beyond just nutrition. And then they talk about lots of different stuff. It's just a wonderful like. Like they say, oh, I wish kids came with a manual. Like they wrote a manual. And it's called Nourishing Traditions for Wife, for Mother and Baby Care. Um, Love it. So get that book. That's an amazing book. I also read, which not, now I'm going past, um, I'm just going to books now, but Ina <laughs> Gaskin's book of natural childbirth is another amazing one. I don't know if you've read that one or not, but the yes. first half of the book is births. She's been a midwife for like 40 something years, and it's literally just birth stories of all of these mamas that have had natural birth the last 40 years and it's wonderful so that made one of the biggest differences for me in being like like random tidbits like I had gotten from that book like if I have a social what do you do oh you lift your leg that's all you have to do and stuff like that so like I had all mm -hmm. this in my brain and some confidence as well so anyway yeah I love that <laughs> no, no, girl, you're good. That, that was all like amazing and definitely an amazing recommendation all around. Um, just like you said, there's little tidbits, you know, yes. something like that. If you're in a hospital, we know that they'll try and push for surgery to have a C-section yeah. if that, you know, arises. So there's a lot we can learn from what you said and just take power and authority back yes. with our births. And I'm excited for to have a third baby so I hope you <laughs> like document everything okay. <laughs> and share and it maybe I'll come back on the podcast that I'm would be amazing yes <laughs> that would be amazing you are so welcome back I mean even to talk more about nutrition or you know vaccines anything you think I love having awesome women like you back on so Absolutely. thank you yeah. And yeah, well, thanks for having me on. This was fun. I've never been on a podcast before, and I always wondered how it worked. <laughs> oh, I've I'm thought glad you had starting a podcast or something. So it was super fun to be on. Yeah, and definitely do it. I mean, you have your YouTube channel, yeah. and doing the podcast would be very easy and goes hand in hand, yeah. like um, <laughs> all that. So definitely do it. Thank you, thank you for everything you yeah. did. I will link everything and I will talk to you on Instagram. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, Elizabeth, you enjoy <laughs> your day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Elizabeth and to the listeners as always. Um, I know sometimes the audio dips in and out, so I hope you guys really were able to take in everything that she said. Elizabeth shared a lot. It was truly amazing. I pray this helps whoever needs it. Check out the description below to find Elizabeth, her book recommendations, and more. God bless y'all.